You are Locked On Cougars. Welcome into your Friday edition of the show. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Plenty to get to ahead on today's podcast. We talk BYU football day nine, BYU spring ball week three in the books. Comments from Kalani Satake as well as my observations from the media portion of practice yesterday. We'll also preview BYU men's basketball as they take on the Northern Iowa Panthers in the NIT second round. And also the women's basketball team in action tomorrow in the first round of the NCAA tournament against Villanova. We'll preview both of those contests and of course get you ready for the weekend ahead in other BYU sports. So plenty to get to and not a lot of time to get to it. So let's waste no more time and dive right in. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for March 18th, 2022. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, my friends? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thank you again for taking some time to download your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. We are very proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network and appreciate you guys taking the time. All right, week three of BYU Spring Ball is in the books. Two weeks to go for the Cougars. They have gone through nine of their allotted 15 practices. And yesterday was an interesting day out there for the media observation period. Bigger story overall was the Gagne family was in attendance for True Blue Heroes deal and if you don't know exactly what happened, I I guess I'll try and explain. I don't know all the details, but Garth Gagne, he's a fairly active guy on social media, especially on Twitter, announced, I believe it was late last week, that his nine-year-old son went to bed, I believe it was Friday night, and just never woke up. And just an absolutely horrific situation. I am the parent of two young children and just an unimaginable tragedy. And Garth is related to Kavika. I know it's spelled Tavita, but it's pronounced Kavika Gagne, who plays on the BYU football program. And they invited Kalani Satake, uh, invited the Gagne family to BYU football practice yesterday to take things in, to interact with the team. Obviously, the team hooked them up with all kinds of swag and everything, just loved them up a lot. Just an unimaginable tragedy. And that was kind of the highlight, I think, of overall what I took away from practice is that amidst all of the crap that goes on in our lives and it's just there's so much so much bad out there there can be good out there and BYU is trying to help uh, take away some of the sting of losing a family member a son a brother it's just a awful, awful situation that the Gagne family found themselves in. But BYU is trying to make the best of it and obviously welcoming the Gagne family as a whole into the BYU football family with Kavika on the team, obviously. That is already a tie-in there, but Really cool to see that, see the players interacting with the family, see the family be able to talk with them, uh, make acquaintances, take pictures, all that stuff. So it was a really, really cool thing. Now, in terms of the actual on-field product that we saw, the media observation period, about 15 minutes yesterday, not a ton. But what I took away from yesterday's practice is the backup quarterback job is far from being settled. Let's be very clear about this. Soljay Maiava, Peters, Cade Fennigan, and Jacob Conover are going to be in a dogfight. I think that dogfight will probably continue you throughout fall camp and maybe into this upcoming season. None of them, just on based if you were if, I, if I'm basing it just on the periods that I have watched in practice, I don't see one of them standing out head and shoulders above the other. I think if they had to make a decision today, they probably would give the nod to Conover, but it's far from decided. The good news is in all of that, and I know there's some con- trepidation and concern about the backup quarterback job. The good news is is that Jaron Hall 
looks just at the peak of his powers, folks. If he stays healthy, BYU could have just an absolutely incredible, incredible offensive season. I'm not saying that he is the one guy who's going to make all the go. You have to have the receivers catch the ball. You have to have the guys like Christopher Brooks who spoke to the media yesterday. It was a really, really fun interview. He has to obviously be effective in the run game. You got to have the offensive line blocking. All that has to work together. But man, do they look polished right now? And that is a very good sign. Uh, the good news was uh, Cade Fennigan did have a nice touchdown pass to Jackson McChesney, or as most people call him on the team, Cheese. Uh, really cool to see McChesney getting his opportunity at the running back spot. He's a threat to catch the ball out of the backfield in addition to his ability to run with the football. So there is a lot going on with this BYU team. And I think the good news is, is they are rounding into form. And that's what Kalani Satake started off his media observation, not his media observation, his media session with us yesterday talking about what he's seeing from the team as they wrap up week three and what his initial takeaways were. Here you go. like this week's work. Defense is really catching up, but offense is putting some new install. I think they have most of our offense in and it's really really good competition. I feel like we have a good understanding of who the travelers will be on the trips and to the games, who's going to be on the, on the sidelines suited up, but there's still some open spots for guys to, to fill the rest of the roster. I found that comment curious from Kalani Sitake because most of the time, if you've listened to Kalani over the past couple of years, he's talked about the fact that spring is a time for his team to really try new positions for guys, find out where guys are best suited to play. But I think just with the overall veteran nature of this BYU football program, him saying that they already have a good idea of who the travel squad is going to be, their depth chart probably a little bit in flux still, but a lot of guys you're probably penciling and even putting in pen at certain guys in certain spots. That's a good sign for this program. It's a sign of a mature program that has a lot of talent returning, especially on the offense. And you heard him also talk about the defense is catching up a little bit. That is always a positive to have the defense showing some signs of life. Because trust me, some of the media observation periods, the offense has just absolutely been toying with the BYU defense. And when you have as good of an offense, it appears, as BYU does, that is going to happen. But I'm glad to hear that the defense is catching up. And they had their moments yesterday. It was D'Angelo Mandel, if I recall correctly, had an interception on a tip drill uh, from Jaron Hall. So they're coming up with plays. And Caleb Hayes, I think, in the highlights that BYU Sports Information put out last night, Caleb Hayes had an interception or a pass breakup. So there are some signs from this defense. And that's what I really enjoy seeing. I also saw a video of uh, Isaiah Glasker, the Bingham High School product off of Mission. That dude is well put together. He's a very tall safety, six foot five, but plays with great leverage despite his height. So some good signs from BYU on the defense. Now, other comments from Kalani Sitake I wanted to touch on. I wanted to talk a little bit about what the install process is for BYU. And I asked the question, I said, Kalani, in terms of the install, because install means that they're working on getting the offense implemented, make sure everybody's on the same page, all that stuff. Well, I asked him, what is the difference this year with a pretty veteran offense coming back? What's the difference with the install this year? And maybe in terms of just how the install goes each year as compared to previous seasons. For us, it's, it's uh, changing the offense. In order for us to use all our talent, we had a couple guys show up that were in the transfer portal. So we need to get our run game settled for CB and Houston is a H-back tight end type blocking back. So that with also some of the guys that we got back in O-line, you could probably see that there's guys lining up all over the place in the line and I think Coach Funk's doing a great job at rotating them and but there's guys playing left and right and inside and outside and it's just it's I think it's gonna allow us to put the best out there and maybe even have a rotation when it comes to O line. 
a rotation, a true rotation on an offensive line would just be absolutely awesome to see for BYU because that would scream there is just a boatload of talent at that position. I can tell you guys, just based on my conversations with folks, our so-called practice insiders here on the show, as well as just my observations, this BYU offensive line, they are going to be very, very good. And the good news is some of the new guys that have come into the program on that offensive line, most uh, na- most notably uh, Kingsley Suamata'ia, they fit right in. Keanu Saliapaga, Nanu, as most people call him, on the BYU uh, team, both those guys have come in, and they've been taking reps with the ones. Uh, Nanu has been out for the majority of the past two years. Kingsley barely played, it felt like, at Oregon last year. Both of them getting run with the ones. I think, and Kalani Stock has made this comment in the past, there are 10 guys on this roster for the BYU football program who have starting experience along that offensive line, whether it's one game or 30-plus games. There is a ton of starting experience for that unit, and it could go legitimately 10 to 12 deep. And if you get a true rotation going, that shows you how deep it is. And if you can keep guys healthy and have no fall-off in terms of the overall continuity, the production, when you insert a guy into the lineup as a rotation, hey, that's a good thing. That means guys are always going to be fresh and actually be able to play better throughout an entire game. You're not going to rely on the same five guys as maybe in seasons past. So some really good signs for this BYU offense. And you also heard him talk about the fact getting Chris Brooks and Houston Haymuley also up to speed. It was a big part of the install. Sounds like they have fit in just great. And Christopher Brooks, he looks the part, folks. He looks the every bit the part of the number one back for BYU this year. There's a lot of other talented guys on that roster at running back, but Christopher Brooks did not come here to sit the bench. To be very clear about that. He's a grad transfer. He's got one more shot at this, and he is coming in, and he is intent on making sure that he gets his chance to go out there and shine. So we'll keep uh, tracking things throughout the uh, final two weeks of spring ball and obviously have more conversations, interviews with you guys. As I mentioned yesterday, I've got an interview with Micah Harper we need to play. We'll probably play that on Monday. I'll let you hear from him about his new position playing in the defensive secondary at safety. A very good conversation, so stay tuned for that on Monday. Now, Coming up here in just a moment, we will get to some other comments from Kalani Sitake. Uh, interesting deal with regards to the rumored injury about Logan Fano. Confirmation that there was an injury. I'll share with you guys what I know after talking with some folks about that. We'll also get to some more of Kalani's comments with regards to the alumni game that is coming. I probably saw it on social media. Some of the former BYU legends, Cody Hoffman. Uh, I think David Nixon announced he's doing this. Some really big names. A BYU football pass. They'll be taking part in the BYU alumni game on March 31st. What was the impetus for this and what to expect from it? Kalani Satake will explain that here in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at Built Bar, an absolutely incredible company here, folks. I love these Built Bars. And let me be very clear about this. Built Bars are the best tasting protein bars that I've ever had. They taste as close to a candy bar as you will find in the protein bar game. And I can say that because I've had thousands of protein bars in my life and nothing compares to a Built Bar. The best part is also they're Built Puffs. And what it is, it's a protein infused marshmallow and it's put in a bar form. It's covered in 100% chocolate, just like regular Built Bars. Absolutely delicious. So they have so many options available to you guys. And I want you guys to give them a shot. So get to Built.com right now and place your order there. While you're there, use the promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off your order. They are the best tasting protein bars in the world, and more importantly, when you support our friends at Built Bar, you're supporting the BYU football program via their name, image, and likeness agreement they have with the BYU football team members. So get to Built.com once again, use that promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order, and get and enjoy the best tasting protein bars with Built Bar. 
Thanks for making Locked On Cougars your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, need to get to some more of the audio from BYU football practice now with Kalani Satake. And let's start off with this. Strong rumors out there that Logan Fano, his tweet earlier this week said, minor setback. And obviously that set off alarm bells across BYU's social media platform fan base that is on social media. I know that doesn't make sense, but you get what I'm talking about. People were freaking out, and I had a number of you reach out. So Shiloh, Carl, all of you guys who reached out, here is what Kalani Satake had to say with regards to Logan Fano and the injury that he suffered. He's hurt. Can't really mention the details of it. I think that uh, with, with the rules that we have in place, it's his, it's his right to, to mention that. And then once we know the details of it all, or for surety that this is the deal, then, then we'll, we'll announce it. Could it be something where he could return in the fall then? I think it all depends on, on what happens in the next few weeks, yeah. But with the rules that are in place, he, he's the one that probably can share more information than, than I can. Now, there's what Kalani Satake said. So Logan Fano is hurt, and I got some information earlier this week after some of you reached out, as I mentioned, guys like Shiloh and Carl, and those of you who reached out, I apologize if I did not get back to you directly. It's a, a crazy life, and you know how it goes sometimes. But regardless, here's what I know. Logan Fano's injury is going to have him out for the remainder of spring. The question is how much of summer slash training camp it might force him to miss. There is a wide range of how long it could take him to recover from this injury. Now, a lot of rumors out there, well, he tore his ACL. Nobody knows. Let me be very clear about this. Nobody knows outside of inside the BYU football program what the exact nature and extent of the injury is. All I know is it's a knee injury and he's going to be out for spring. The hope is that he will be back for fall camp. You heard Kalani Satake say it's just a matter of us getting the right diagnosis, getting everything settled on that end. And he said, then we'll let guy like Logan, if he wants to reveal it, he can reveal it. He said, minor setback. I am going to anticipate that you're going to see him back out there at some point this upcoming season. If he's out for the entirety of the season, so be it. Get right. That is the biggest thing is you don't want to force yourself into a situation where you exacerbate a relatively minor injury now and it becomes a major injury down the road that may affect future of football for you as a player. Now, I get why people are freaking out about this because you think about the history of so-called pass rushers that are four-star talents that BYU has brought in in the past 10 years. Troy Hines, Longi Tuifua, oh man, Cade Albright. There are rumors out there that he will never be quite the player that BYU fans hoped he would be. I get the concern. I, I truly do. The issue is that Freaking out and putting out uh, baseless conspiracy theories about what exactly is the nature and so-called sources say and whatever. Reckless speculation does nothing good for anybody in this situation. But what I understand and talking with enough people, you are not going to see Logan Fano out there for the rest of spring. I do expect and I am fingers crossed that we will see him back out there at some point this year. But it's the but here. If it requires him maybe to sit out this upcoming season to get himself fully right, you do it. Make sure the guy feels comfortable, and when he's on the field, he's able to do what he was doing early on in spring ball. That is being a guy who's an absolute terror off the edge and making life miserable for opposing quarterbacks. In this case, it was Jaron Hall and the other BYU quarterbacks. He is a special, special talent, a four-star talent. It was shining through even as he's coming off of a mission and so-called mission legs, all that stuff. 
He's a really good player, but make sure he is 100% before you put him out there again. So there you go. That's what I understand, but the way it was described to me is that, yes, he's going to miss the rest of spring. The big question mark would be how much of the rest of the offseason does he miss, and if it affects any part of training camp, that could slow him in terms of his potential to play early on the season. But, hey, fingers crossed, knock on wood, do whatever you need to do to get good juju sent his way. I don't think this is going to go the same way as other so-called star BYU defensive talents that BYU's recruited in past years that have just not panned out. He has already shown that he can compete at this level, and that's just in practice, but it's going to translate to the field. Just make sure he's 100%. All right, I have spent way too much time on that point. Let's get to some other audio here from Kalani Satake real quick. Uh, Another point that BYU is going after right now is with regards to how they are handling this spring practice. This is the first year, I think, in some time they have spread out over five weeks. They typically have packed those 15 practices into four weeks. I asked Kalani Satake, what is the reasoning behind how you've gone about spring ball this year? And here's what he had to say about it. Um, Just wanted to stretch it out a little bit. I thought when we did it Four days a week, it almost we weren't getting enough from the workouts and our in, in our off-season workouts, and we weren't getting enough rest period time in between. And we also didn't take advantage of the practice time, the install, the meeting time that we can have. The meeting time, especially with with our players after every after every practice, and so that's the reason for it. I think the NCAA gives us time to do it, and so now we utilize five weeks to do three practices. And I'll probably do that from now on. I, I really like the format, and I don't know. I just like the Monday, Tuesday, just the different intensities that you get from the guys that start. It's it kind of carries off into the season to start Monday and Tuesday fast and then taper off on Thursday and then we were pretty physical this week and, and then just let them recover over the weekend and they still have school and things that they need to get done so I think it's just the best of both worlds as far as off-season conditioning and getting them you know really really operating well on the field. Maximize all of your options if you're BYU and it's true the extra meeting time that you are allowed uh, amidst the spring ball period for BYU across the NCAA it's not been taken advantage of as much as BYU possibly could have in the past. And I think Kalani Sitake is making sure that he has his guys having that opportunity to get that extra film work, to sit in the room with their teammates and their position coaches and understand what they're doing, understand the scheme, the playbook, all that stuff. Maximize what options you are being given, and they've done a good job with that. I think the three practices a week, also as you heard him talk about, it kind of simulates a game week. Many of you probably understand this. If you don't, the way BYU goes about practice is Monday and Tuesday are the real heavy days during a game week. You you practice uh typically with shoulder pads, uh, maybe one of the days in full pads, and you really get after it. Then, you, as you heard him talk about, you kind of taper off towards the end of the week. Thursday, typically, is a walkthrough, and then Friday, you kind of have some film work, and then you hit the game on Saturday as best you possibly can. I actually kind of like this hybrid format. I think they're trying to recreate a game week atmosphere and just keep it as close to normal for this BYU football program. And I really respect it. I actually, it's something I did not consider that part of it until Kalani Satake explained that to me. I learned something today, folks. So, very interesting times, no doubt about it. But I like the way they've gone about spring ball this year. And as you heard Kalani, this is going to be the normal, it appears, for the program moving forward. All right, final thing uh, from Kalani Satake's media session. I have spent a lot of time, actually, a lot longer than I anticipated on this show talking about this, but good stuff all the same. The alumni game is coming up on March 31st, and they've invited back a number of the who's who of BYU football to compete in this. And I asked Kalani Satake, well, what is, and you'll hear the QA, I left my question on it. 
about what all is going down with this and what to expect from the alumni game. Here you go. We've seen the alumni game, all the guys announcing that they've been talking to you. Oh, gosh. Can you explain yeah. what led to this? And if you're going to, is this going to stand well, in for the spring game? We want to have interaction with the fans and things like that. And, and I, I don't know if, I've always felt like there's a pressure to get the team ready to play a game for the fans. And I almost feel like sometimes that's a waste of a practice, you know, and we have to utilize all, all the all 15 practices. And so I, I thought maybe it'd be nice to do a, a practice so maybe a little bit more live work and, and have families come and watch and then have the alumni come and try to pull some hamstrings or something like that. But I, mean, I, 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 I want to have it. It's going to be a lot of fun. We want to have our players be mentioned again, you know. And um, but I, will, I will not be participating. I was going to ask. Yeah, the, the explosive movements on my part have gone away long, long ago, and I keep it to sneezing as the explosive, <laughs> most explosive thing I do. I will admit I was hoping that Kalani Sitake was going to be out there for alumni game. I know that Preston Hadley, who's on Kalani Sitake's staff has said he is going to participate in this. I had aspirations that Kalani Sitake would get out there and maybe he'll surprise all of us and he'll actually get out there for a play or two but you heard him talk about explosive movements are reserved for sneezing in his world currently but I thought it was really fun to hear, and I'm excited for it. I was talking with some of the BYU sports information folks after practice yesterday, and they're very excited for this alumni deal. It is going to be a fun, fun event. It's going to be a chance for the fans to get out there, as Kalani mentioned, and interact with players and coaches. Take advantage of it. If you have an opportunity to get out to the uh, Lavelle Edwards Stadium, to the Lavelle Edwards Stadium, to Lavelle Edwards Stadium, and watch this go down, I would encourage you to do it. It'll be March 31st down there at LES, a really really fun deal and I think it's going to be a fun, fun event. I think there's going to be a lot of people involved that you may be surprised. I don't think the full roster has been revealed yet and I assume over the coming days you're going to see more and more of those social media posts. After a great conversation with Kalani Zadaga I am proud to announce that I am committed to participating in the BYU alumni event. I love it. I think it's a great play on the social media recruiting sphere and I think it's going to build a lot of hype, and I think there's going to be a lot of fun times and probably some pulled hamstrings, hopefully no torn Achilles in this alumni event, but I hope it's going to be a fun time all the same. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we will round out today's show with a preview for BYU men's basketball in the second round of the NIT, the first-round matchup in the NCAA tournament for the BYU women's basketball team, and, of course, a look at the weekend ahead in all other BYU sports. We'll get to all of that here in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at Bet Online. It's that time of year again as college basketball tournament is on upon us. First day of March Madness yesterday was absolutely nuts. Uh, Kentucky got knocked out in one of my final four out in the first round. That's always fun. A 215 matchup. But nonetheless, for all the latest odds, contests, and player props, betonline.net is the number one source for all of your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports, scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information needs, including live betting options and your favorite Vegas casino games as well. Head to the website today, that's betonline.net, or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action available to you now. It's courtesy of our friends over at BetOnline, where the game starts. Today's episode of Locked On Cougars is brought to you by our friends over at Intercap Lending. And there's a reason that no lender helps more families in the state of Utah with their mortgage needs than our friends at Intercap Lending. And simply put, Intercap gets deals done. They feature a quick and simple process. They close loans two weeks faster than the industry average. And although fast is great, the ultimate goal is to create a stress-free home loan process for you, the consumer. And that is what Locked On's personal loan officer, Intercap Lending, Steve Carter, has been providing to hundreds of Locked On listeners so far 
are, including Locked On founder David Locke. And let's be real, my friends, if Steve can keep David on track throughout that entire process, Steve can help anybody. And although Intercap is relatively new to the Locked On Cougars podcast, it's not a new company. They've been around and assisting customers with all of their mortgage needs since 1978. That is 44 years of experience behind them. And Steve Carter has been helping Locked On listeners with that same great experience since 2018. Give them a shot. They're headquartered here in Utah, but licensed to help with all of your mortgage needs in more than 40 states. You can give Steve a call anytime. His direct line, 385-800-8528. That is 385-800-8528. You will not find a more responsive loan officer than Steve Carter. I can promise you that. If you want more information, call Steve or visit intercaplending.com. That phone number for Steve Direct is again 385-800-8528. Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465. Intercap Lending is an equal housing lender. As we round things out on this Friday edition of the show, let's catch you guys up on everything else going on in BYU sports. Let's start off with the two big games this weekend. We'll start off with the men's basketball program. They're in action tomorrow night. Second round of the NIT as they take on Northern Iowa. They'll be coming to the Marriott Center. A chance to advance to the, I guess what would be the quarterfinals of the NIT and a chance to make it to Madison Square Garden. Uh, you, that is what's on the table here. This is the round of 16, the sweet 16, if you will, for the NIT. Big opportunity for BYU basketball. Nonetheless, I know that with March Madness, it gets overlooked, but you got to go out there if you're BYU, make the best of the situation you are in. AJ Green is the star player for Northern Iowa. He averages 18.9 points per game. He had 21 in their upset win over St. Louis on Tuesday, excuse me, Wednesday night. Noah Carter also averaging 14.7 points. And then Trey Burho, Burhow, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name correctly. I apologize. He's averaging 10 points per game for Northern Iowa. The one interesting note about this game for BYU is this is a game BYU actually may have a size advantage, and how many times have we been able to say that really since the beginning of this year? Northern Iowa starts, I believe, four guards on their team and no player taller than 6'6 in their starting lineup. So BYU, as I mentioned, will actually be at a size advantage in many ways in this matchup, and I think if they take care of business like they did against Long Beach State, they have a great opportunity of advancing in this game, but you have to beware of the big guns for Northern Iowa in this game. Tip-off in this game tomorrow night, 7 o'clock Mountain Time. It'll be on ESPN Plus, streaming once again tomorrow night. Obviously, Greg Bell will be on the call for the BYU Sports Network if you want to tune in radio-wise. Also, BYU Women's Basketball, the sixth seed, they are in the NCAA Women's Tournament opening play in the tournament tomorrow for an opportunity to advance to the round of 32. If they win this game, they'll be taking on the 11 seed Villanova Wildcats. And Villanova has a name that you guys want to make sure you're aware of. Maddie Segrist. She is one of the leading scorers in the entire country. I believe she's the leading scorer in the Big East Conference this year, averaging 25.9 points per game. She's a forward, also averaging 9.5 rebounds, so nearly a double-double every single game. She is very, very talented, and BYU is going to have to contend with slowing her down. There are two other Wildcats who average double-digit points for Villanova. Lior Grazon, as well as Brianna Hurley, 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 I don't know how to pronounce that one either, but 13 and a half points for Grazone and 10.9 points for Hurley. This is a very, very dangerous Villanova side. I've already seen some people saying the BYU is a big candidate to have the 11-6 matchup uh, upset sprung on them. 
BYU has to play a lot better than how they played the other night. I've got I I can uh, the other night. I speaking as if they played just barely in the West Coast Conference tournament as a whole. BYU did not play well as a team. They've got to play better in this matchup. And if they do, they're gonna have a quick turnaround. A Monday matchup potentially against the three seed Michigan on their home court out there in Ann Arbor. I am hoping that Monday I am talking about a preview of that game. I sincerely hope we will do that, but obviously stay tuned throughout the weekend. Huge opportunities staring BYU in the face. Tip off in that game, by the way, 11 a.m. tomorrow. So it's a matinee affair, 11 a.m. Mountain Time, 1 o'clock on the East Coast on ESPN News if you want to watch BYU and Villanova square off. Now, in other BYU sports, before we go on this Friday edition of the show, let's recap what happened yesterday. Women's tennis suffered a 4-0 loss at Central Florida in Orlando, the UCF Tennis Complex. They will try and bounce back. They'll have another matchup there in Orlando, this time against Harvard. Harvard will be taking on BYU. It'll be 11 a.m. tomorrow down there at the UCF Tennis Complex. Best of luck to the women's tennis program. BYU softball picked up another win, a 5-2 victory over Idaho State. They'll be back in action tomorrow as they take on Southern Utah, who'll be coming up from Cedar City in a doubleheader. That'll be at Gail Miller Field. 1 o'clock and 3 o'clock are the scheduled first pitches in both of those matchups. And funny enough, Oregon will be at Gail Miller Field on Monday if you want kind of an early look ahead to next week uh, for BYU softball. It'll be Monday afternoon at 4 o'clock for the BYU women's softball program. BYU baseball opened up their series at Portland with a 6-2 victory over the Pilots. That pushes their record 10-5 on the year. 1-0 in West Coast Conference play. They'll look to make it 2-0 in WCC action tonight as they take on Portland once again 6 o'clock Pacific time, 7 o'clock Mountain time, first pitch. The series finale will be tomorrow at 1 o'clock Pacific, 2 o'clock Mountain time if you want to watch those games or listen to them, excuse me, on the BYU Sports Network. I still have not seen a live stream link, which is absolutely disappointing. I thought the WCC Network would have something like this, but apparently they do not. Other teams in action this weekend include the men's and women's track and field teams. They're headed to Los Angeles, California, to USC, to Cromwell Field and Loker Stadium to take part in the Trojan Invitational Best of luck to the BYU softball programs. I believe it's their first outdoor meet of the season. So best of luck to them down there in LA as they take on the teams in that event. And then also uh, tomorrow, if you want to watch a BYU women's gymnastics, they're going to be competing in the MRGC championships, the Mountain Raven Gymnastics Conference Championships. Those will be streaming live on the Mountain West Digital Network. There's a link on BYUcougars.com. It is taking place at the Extra Mile Arena in Boise, Idaho, hosted by Boise State. Six o'clock Mountain time start for that as BYU will be competing with Southern Utah, Boise State, and Utah State. If I'm not mistaken, those are the teams that make up the conference. I don't think anybody else is in there. There might be one other team, but regardless, that is a big opportunity staring BYU women's softball in the face. Hopefully, they will come out on top in that matchup. And I believe that catches you guys up on everything you need to know as a BYU fan for the weekend ahead. And obviously, we're rooting for all the Cougar teams out there, but especially when it comes to basketball. Love nothing more than Monday to be recapping wins for both the men's and women's basketball programs and obviously previewing a round of 32 matchup for the women's team in the second round of the NCAA Women's Tournament that would be taking place on Monday. All right, that is going to do it for today's edition of the show. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Maybe if I get bored 
record on a Saturday or tomorrow night. I may sit down and do a special edition, a, I guess a postcast edition of the show. We'll see how things shake out. But regardless, thank you for your support of the podcast. As always, enjoy the games this weekend. Make sure you guys tune in next week, Monday, planning on playing some of the comments, at least from Micah Harper, a one-on-one conversation with him. Also, maybe get to some other comments from that we did not get to today. I meant to play some stuff from both uh, Kavika Gagne as well as Christopher Brooks. We'll have those next week for you guys. And we'll be back out of BYU football practice Monday afternoon. So it does not stop. It is nonstop. And it's a ton of fun all the same to be with you guys every single day. So thank, thank you, excuse me, for making us your first listen of the day every single day. Now go make your second listen our friend, our friends over at the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. It is hosted by Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker. They're bringing the NFL Draft to life every single day. Get it free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Alright, that'll do it. Have a great weekend. Hope you all are doing fantastic. This has been the Locked On Cougars Podcast for March 18th, 2022.